I'm Audrey Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of the San Francisco Chronicle, and today on Fifth Emission, we're breaking down some of the new financial assistance programs that are in place to help people who have lost jobs and income due to the coronavirus. It is increasingly clear that the shelter-in-place could last two months and maybe even longer, bringing significant financial hardship to people across the country. On the good side, there are a number of programs out there to help people who are newly out of work. There are also a number of incentives in the federal stimulus program that you may not know about. And joining me to talk about these is Kathleen Pender, who writes the Chronicle's net worth column. Kathleen, let's start with unemployment assistance, because that seems to be the biggest um, source of financial assistance that's out there with people. And this is a massive expansion that we've seen in unemployment assistance. There are three new programs. So why don't you walk us through who's covered under these and, and what they might be able to get? Okay. It is a little complicated, but it helps, I think, if you just break it down into these three pieces, and they're all going to be provided by federal funding. So um, none of this will have to be provided by the states. So think of it this way. If you're an employee and you're eligible for regular unemployment benefits because your employer has been paying unemployment insurance tax, then you are just in regular times eligible for up to 26 weeks of unemployment benefits that range from $40 a week to a maximum of $450 a week in California. So piece one, the feds will provide an additional 13 weeks on top of those 26 weeks for a total of 39 weeks if this thing goes on forever and a lot of people are still unemployed that long. That's piece number one. Number two, and this is the really historic record-breaking piece, they're going to make money available to pay unemployment benefits to people who can't get regular state benefits. These are people whose employers never paid into the system, but they'll be getting benefits, and that includes self-employed people, business owners, people who could get unemployment benefits, but they already ran out of them, or people who weren't eligible because they hadn't worked long enough. And worked long enough, can you can you break that down? Because I was shocked when I heard of all of these asterisks of how you can get to it. How long do you have to work under this bill? Well, under regular, what what EDD does is they look at your base period. That's a 12-month period that started one or two quarters ago. So for most people applying now, it'll be, what did you earn in 2019? They look at what you earned in 2019, and then they say, based on your highest earning quarter, this is your regular unemployment benefit. Now, that's what ranges from 40 to um, uh, $450 a week. Under, under the new program for, I'm going to call it the self-employed, we think they haven't put out the exact rules yet, but you're going to basically qualify under the same sort of uh, calculation because self-employed people don't have regular paychecks. Maybe their income comes in really uneven throughout the year. Maybe they have a whole bunch of different gigs. It's going to be really hard to figure out how much these people are eligible for, but it's going to be kind of the same calculation. Now, supposedly, they could be eligible for a minimum of $190 a week. That's from employment sources, I know. Bear in mind, the Employment Development Department has not put out anything on this new program yet. So 
I think everybody's going to have to just be patient and wait till the details come out. So those details are are hinging on who's covered and and how much. When when do you expect those to to come out? I honestly don't know. Okay, that's a good answer. <laughs> I've asked, but they said soon, but they have a they have a Herculean task ahead of them trying to figure this all out. And everybody's banging on the door wanting their money. So my advice to everybody is just just be patient. It's going to take a while, um but the money will come. And then so, Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say self-employed people include gig workers, right? Your Uber drivers, your... your. Well, this is, a, this is another complication. They'll be eligible one way or the other. Under AB5 and, and state law, a lot of these gig workers are employees and should be treated as employees, even if they're not being treated as employees. And they would possibly qualify for regular benefits. And the truly self-employed will qualify for the new, they're called pandemic unemployment benefits. So I guess the the simple question is they'll be eligible one way or another. That's very Now the confusing. third piece of this, I know it is. The third piece of the puzzle is no matter which benefit you're getting, whether it's the regular benefit that employees get or this new benefit that self-employed people will get, the federal government will add $600 a week to your benefit through July 31st. So for about four months, you're going to get 600 bucks plus whatever your regular benefit is. And if you're at the max, you could be getting $1,050 a week through July 1st, I'm sorry, July 31st, and then your benefit would drop back to whatever your regular benefit is. Are you confused yet? I mean, that will be a huge help for some people. It's going to be huge. Yes, it it will. And it's going to be complicated. We don't know how EDD is going to verify people's um, income from last year, if they were self-employed, if they're going to have to upload their tax returns. There's just a million unanswered questions. Well, and also I would imagine this dramatically increases the number of people who are covered. And we haven't dramatically increased the number of people who work at EDD, which is is already struggled to keep up with uh, timely payments. Well, and you have to realize before this happened, the unemployment rate in California was at record lows. So their staffing was kind of small because they didn't have a lot of claims. And suddenly overnight, Potentially, the whole state is going to be eligible. So they are um, shifting people around to take care of this, and they're calling back some retired people. Um, But I just don't know how they're going to have the staff to implement this. So those are the new programs. And and I think you've already alluded to this, but how do people get them? I mean, if you've never been unemployed before, what what do you do? Well, you file a claim, you go to the EDD's website, and you can file a claim online. They'll ask you to what your earnings were last year, um, or you can call on the phone. Good luck with that. Um, I think maybe, uh, I don't think you can go in person. I mean, I know you can't go in person, so you can apply by phone or online. You know, of course, they're asking everyone to do it online. For the new program, for the self-employed, that's not available yet. But if you're a regular employee and you've been laid off or furloughed, or even if your hours have been cut, you can apply. You just go online to EDD 
ca.gov and um, you'll see what you need there. Who is not covered by this? Maybe that would be an easier question to answer. Well, uh, I should have mentioned that to, to qualify for the new, um, what they're calling pandemic unemployment benefits, the ones that you can get if you're self-employed, you do have to have been affected by the coronavirus in some way. You got sick, and you had to, you couldn't work, or you're you have a family member who who is sick, and you're caring for them, or you had some sort of job loss that was related to the coronavirus. Now that's going to cover a lot of people. I guess there are people out there who may have been laid off or lost work for other reasons, who wouldn't qualify for the new pandemic benefits, but it's it's going to be most people. Now, this program you were telling me before has a link to the 2017 wine country fires. Well, the new program, the pandemic program for self-employed people is patterned after a program that's been on the books for a long time. And this was called disaster unemployment assistance. And when we had a, it was mostly for natural disasters, wildfires, hurricanes, when people lost their home or their job because one of these natural disasters and the president declared it a disaster, that unlocked these benefits for self-employed people, people who already ran out of benefits and people who didn't work enough to get benefits. So it's patterned after that. It's not a brand new program. But it's new in the sense that it's just going to be on such a big scale. The other question that I think a lot of people want to know about is um, the this idea of these rebate checks and when they're coming. Now, that's not a part of unemployment assistance, correct? That is completely separate, right. So when are they and that's, coming? <laughs> when? That's a good question. Um Treasury Secretary Mnuchin said they could be going out in a matter of weeks, two or three weeks. But I can tell you that in previous years when the government created these type of rebate check programs, it took months and months before a lot of people got their payments, many months. So I don't know what the timeline is. Maybe some people will get their payments quickly, but it's going to take a while. And here's why. These payments are going to be based on, well, first let me say that almost everybody who's below a certain income level will get the payment, whether you worked or not. Um, So to get a payment, it's going to be $1,200 for each adult plus $500 for your children if they're under 17, if you're under these income ranges. If you're single, the payment phases out between $75,000 and $99,000 in income. And if you're married with one kid, I'm sorry, this is if you're married with no kids, it's $150,000 to about $200,000 in income where it phases out. If you have kids, the phase out ends at a little bit higher limit. Now, how they're going to pay this is they're going to look at your tax return and see if you're eligible. And if you are and they have your bank account information from a direct deposit, they will direct deposit the money to you. And if you don't, they'll send you a check. And if you've never filed a tax return before, 
supposedly you'll have to file a tax return so they can find you, although there has been some talk that maybe people who only have Social Security income, they could get that info from the Social Security Administration. A lot of Americans don't have to file tax returns because they don't make enough money to have to pay taxes, and they're not getting some of these refundable tax credits. So, um, so that's that. It's hard to say when any one person is going to get their return. And if you've already filed your 2019 return, it'll be based on that. And if you haven't, then they'll look at your 2018 return. Got that? I I think so. (laughs) I think so. So there are also new rules around retirement plan withdrawals. Uh, Can you explain what that means? Right. If, if if, If the stimulus payment and the unemployment payment still isn't enough to cover your needs, they've created some new ways to get money out of your retirement plans without the usual penalties that would apply. Uh, The one that would apply to most people, I think, is that if you have a 401k type plan or an IRA, you could take up to $100,000 out of that account to pay for your urgent needs. And instead of paying taxes on the whole amount this year, you could spread that tax payment out over three years. Plus, if you're under 59 and a half, you wouldn't have to pay the 10% penalty that normally applies if you raid your retirement account before age 59 and a half. Um, if you have an, a 401k plan at work and it allows loans, right now the loan limit is $50,000. Under this new bill, you could borrow up to $100,000. And do you think this is, should people be doing this? Because I, you know, when the, when the economy, when the stock market is fluctuating, like we've seen it happening recently, when everything seems so unsettled, is this something that people should use as maybe a first line of defense? Oh, no, this should be a last resort. (laughs) Absolutely. We're, we're facing a real short-term crisis here. Hopefully it's a short-term crisis and, and hopefully this doesn't last really long and a lot of people can get back to work soon. A retirement plan, that's your long-term money. And honestly, you really shouldn't tap that unless it's, it's just the last thing that you have. It's your last line of defense. I'm speaking with columnist Kathleen Pender about unemployment assistance, how people can get some help uh, if they've lost their job due to the coronavirus. Kathleen, when we come back, I want to ask you about some other goodies that you found in the federal stimulus bill. We'll be right back. You've written a column about some hidden uh, goodies, I guess, maybe some Easter eggs in the stimulus bill that people might be surprised about. Um, one of them maybe maybe isn't a surprise because it, it's been fairly well um, touted by advocates, and, and that has to do with student loans. So if you have student loans, what can you expect from the stimulus bill? Well, if you have a certain type of student loan, this is a f- government-guaranteed loan that's owned by the government. They are going to suspend all payments that are due between now and September 30th. And during this period, you won't have to make a payment and interest won't accrue on the loan. And they won't be dinging your credit record with this either. They're going to report it as if it's paid. Um, This applies to student loans 
and graduate student loans, and even parent loans, as long as they're owned by the government. Now, that's most loans, but it doesn't cover all loans. There's a small group of federal loans that are not owned by the government that don't qualify, and also private student loans, which is a fairly not insignificant part of the student loan market. Those loans won't qualify for this sort of automatic grace period. If you have one of those loans and you need help, you can still call your loan servicer, say, I've lost my job, I need some help, and you know they should be able to give you some type of forbearance. But the real problem is most borrowers don't know exactly what kind of loan they have. And if you think you have one of those loans and you stop making payments, well, that's not a good thing. So if you're at all unsure, you should really call your loan servicer, say, hey, do I qualify for this new federal loan benefit? Um, if not, what can you give me? But it's going to be it's going to be hard to get through to your loan servicer because everybody's going to be calling and a lot of these servicers have laid off people or cut their hours because they're sheltering in place too. But it's definitely, it could be a huge benefit for people with student loans, uh, especially since the interest won't be accruing. So I, th I think that's a huge pattern in all of these assistance programs, whether we're talking about unemployment insurance or mortgage forbearance or student loan forbearance, just getting through to a human being who can explain it. Right. Um, even if they had the rules, there aren't the people to staff and answer the questions. It must be frustrating a lot of people right now. Yeah. And I would urge people, if you're not in dire need, if you're not down to your last dollar, just wait a little while. Don't frustrate yourself and maybe leave those phone lines open for folks who really are in dire need of help because you're probably just going to be get, getting frustrated if you try to call anybody in the next week or even two. So if you can hang on, just just kind of sit tight till we know more and, and these agencies have time to gear up. Another thing that you wrote about was um, the new charitable deductions. Um, a lot of the deductions have changed over the last couple of years. What does what does this one do specifically? Well, this is interesting. Uh, after 2018, a lot of people switched from itemizing their federal deductions to taking the standard deduction. And that really hurt a lot of charities because some people now can't deduct their charitable contributions anymore because they're taking the standard deduction. So charities have been kind of lobbying Congress for some kind of solution to this problem, and they kind of threw a little bone in there in this CARES Act that just passed on Friday. So for 2020 only, even if you don't itemize your deductions, you could deduct up to $300 in donations to charitable organizations. This is called an above-the-line deduction. So it's it's only for 2020. It's only for contributions that you make this year. So you can't take that on your 2019 return if you haven't filed that. But that may help a little bit with the charities. And, and maybe this is kind of a foot in the door. Maybe they'll extend it past this year, and maybe they'll even uh, grow it over time to help out some charities. And, and boy, they could use the help right now, too. Yeah, for sure. And the last thing I want to ask you about um, is the so-called tampon tax. Uh, how did that make it into a federal stimulus bill? Well, they call these bills Christmas trees because people like to hang little ornaments on them, little things that often have nothing whatsoever to do with the problem at hand. And I guess you would call this one of those. Um 
people have health savings accounts and flexible spending accounts for health care that they can basically use um, pre-tax money to pay for them. It gives you a little break on things that you spend on health care. And that's generally only for prescription drugs, not so much for over-the-counter medicines like aspirins. But in this bill, they said that they are including menstrual products such as tampons and pads as an expense that you can use your health savings account or your flexible spending account to pay for. That means you have to have kept your receipts for the last year, doesn't well, it? Well, it's, it's going 2020 forward, so start saving those Walgreens receipts. Yeah, save the Walgreens receipts. That's good advice. Kathleen, why don't you, before we go, I'd like to hear the number one question that you're getting asked from the readers, because I know a lot of them copy me on the emails to you, and we've received a lot of them. What what do most of them want to know about? Well, the big ones are the stimulus payments. When am I going to get mine? Uh, the um, do unemployment benefits for self-employed people and business owners. And then the other big one I get is about required minimum distributions. Believe it or not, this is such a hot button with older readers. If you're over 72 or if you have an inherited IRA or 401k, you're required to take money out of that account every year based on your age, generally. And a lot of people don't like having to take that money out because they have to pay tax on it. So one of the things that the new federal bill does, it suspends those required distributions for 2020 only. So if you don't want to take that money out, that's kind of the opposite of the people who need to take the money out. But if you don't take the money out, you don't want to take the money out, you don't have to just for 2020. Well, Kathleen, I appreciate you being with us. You can always break this information down to a point where even I can understand it. And I really appreciate that. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks. I'd like to thank columnist Kathleen Pender for being with me today. Thanks to King Kaufman for producing this episode. And thank you for listening. Fifth Emission is a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. If you like this podcast, please consider becoming a financial supporter of the largest newsroom in Northern California. You can sign up for a San Francisco Chronicle membership at sfchronicle.com slash pod.